Good evening, lads and lasses. The great wizard Alvis Dumbledore once said, happiness can be found in the darkest of times if one only remembers to turn on the light. But it can be hard to turn lights on when the light switch is controlled by a series of Grindelwaldian oligarchs who stifle the light in their greedy fists. Indeed, it feels like dark times in the world of soccer with the announcement of the Super League. What are fans to do to combat it? We'll discuss that ahead. Then we'll dive into the return of MLS before we uncover a story of soccer witchcraft that has nothing to do with Dumbledore or Grindelwald. It's a lot to get to, so let's mount our brooms and kick off. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Soccer Talk Lads podcast. It is Monday, April 19th, the day after the day the earth stood still, two days after yours truly turned 30 years old, which was really the day the earth stood still, which I can't say, apparently. I should have known that once I hit 30, it was all downhill. And the presidents of the biggest clubs in mm-hmm. Europe made sure of that for me. We are here. That's right. I don't even know what we used to say. The world before Sunday is a dark memory. It was joyful, but it's gone now. Uh, we're here. I am Stephen Ground, official new Leeds United supporter, joined by Justin Horniker from across the state. Justin, who's your new squad? Who's your new I'm- non? Corporate well, I'm waiting squad. to see what Jose decides to do. Um, probably you're, like you're some going sort of... wherever Jose goes. Is that what you're? <laughs> yeah, saying? yeah, that's that's my plan. <laughs> of course, I'm wrapping my Atlanta jersey as I say that, which he should there go. You no, go. they're goes. not in the he better, Super League. You better not touch my beautiful Bergamo boys. That's all I have to say. That's right. No, they're they're staying far away from that. And of course, uh, from the same city, but not the same location as me. We've got Ian, who uh, is in the middle of enjoying some wafer cookies ian what soccer team do you feel best represents the delicious flavor balance of a wafer cookie <laughs> well i was gonna say i my new team is a uh, part of the malaysian football club circuit and they are known as the Puchong community league perfect <laughs> Puchong, a, a classic world football power as we've all we're all familiar with so they might be joining the yeah, choice yeah. Specifically, Menjung City Football Club. You're not even kidding, uh, Justin. They might actually be joining the Champions League at this rate. We have a lot to talk about tonight, uh, of course, with the news of the Super League and the return of MLS, the firing of Jose Mourinho. Uh, But I think it's only appropriate to start uh, with the decision all the world is talking about. Uh, which is namely the Super League bullshit. Can we swear on this podcast? I can't sure. remember if I marked Why it not? as explicit. <laughs> you know, folks, we're going to do it anyway. If I knew how to bleep it, I would, but we're not that high quality of podcast. Those cats so. are in for something today. That's right. Uh, <laughs> but 
Wow, I have I have never in the history of our lifetime seen something go public that was as universally and immediately reviled as this was. I it is incredible to watch, and we'll talk about we'll we'll kind of introduce the news concepts and then sort of talk about just I guess just free flow of ideas on on the fallout and everything that's coming next. But for anyone who doesn't know. Um, 12 of the powerhouse teams in Europe have announced their intention to form a Super League. Uh, these are the teams that you think of when you think uh, the most vaunted and wealthy and wealthy and wealthy clubs in Europe. The, really and then Tottenham and Arsenal are there too. Don't forget that. Uh, also Tottenham <laughs> and Arsenal are there for some reason. Um, but uh, the 12 clubs that are currently member clubs with some dissension in the ranks already being teased by some reporters, we'll touch on that later on, uh, are from England, Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and as Justin alluded to, Tottenham and Arsenal for some reason. And from Italy, you've got Inter and AC Milan, the two arch rivals, and also Juventus, uh, who is, you know, bringing Weston McKinney on board just to corrupt this and, and disappoint us just a little bit more. Um, and of course, you've got uh, from Spain, FC Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Atletico Madrid. So 12 of the biggest clubs in the world, 12 perennial Champions League powerhouses. There are supposed to be eight more spots. This is the funniest thing to me. This is the single funniest part. There's not a lot of humor here, but the funniest part is that there are supposed to be eight more spots. The intention is to, uh, to identify three more founding members. It's almost like they thought Almost. that maybe PSG, <laughs> Bayern, and possibly Dortmund would be involved before those three clubs told them to get bent. And that well, Stephen Fiorentina said that he hasn't contacted either a PSG, Bayern, or I'm, uh, Dortmund. So I don't know I'm where you sure, get that from. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. You know, he probably wouldn't. You probably wouldn't talk to those clubs if you were talking about forming a European Super League. So, you know, I don't what know why was you I thinking, really? Um, and then there will be five spots in this league that they will choose somehow how to qualify them. Um, and those, I guess, their role will not only to be beat to death by the uh, 15 founding clubs, but also to be reviled by their European league team or by their domestic league teams and uh, also be kicked out of the league every couple of years because those five will have relegation, even though the whole point of the league is to have a league where there isn't relegation because greedy white people from America don't understand relegation. Mm -hmm. So it's a whole thing. Um, and then a, there's a women's league to score some cheap PR points as well. So, you know, good for them. I don't mean to dismiss the women's game. That's very important. But the reason they're including that in the announcement is to score some cheap PR points. They've got um, nothing on the NWSL anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Um, like I said, immediately hated by everyone. Uh, reports are that Stan Kroenke is one of the driving forces behind this project, which I got to say, that man has never succeeded at anything except for making money with money that he didn't earn in the mm. first place. 
He has never run a successful sports franchise at any level, anywhere, in any sport that I know of, unless his uh, major league lacrosse team is like super good. And I just don't know. No, and I don't think it is. Um, what, why do people keep following this man? Also, have they seen his toupee? But I did just want to be, I wanted to read this report real quick. Cause I think it frames who this man is for us. And I want people to be aware that a man who was being forced out of his home in Texas committed suicide this week. This was written in October of 2016. And in a note that authorities found after his death, the man blamed everything on Rams owner Stan Kroenke. Police told KFDX TV in Texas that the first line of the note said, Stan, you took my home. Uh, Kroenke forced people out of their homes in this neighborhood in Texas. Uh, when he purchased the land, the people couldn't afford to move from this place that they'd lived in some cases their entire life. And in at least this one case, the person took his own life as a result of it. Um, so yeah, that's who Stan Kroenke is. And um, I don't know, I've got nothing. Justin, you talk for a while. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts going on. First off, as well, to touch on Stan Kroenke, like, I don't know how you can go about supporting one of his teams when he always screws fans over at some point. And this is just the logical next installment of that. But as someone who has supported Manchester United since, I don't know, I was a kid. Like, that was my introduction to soccer. I was watching, like, United games with my dad. And then um, to see them ever since, like, the Glazers bought the team. It really has been, you know, profit over everything. And I think it's like that for majority of the big six. That was like their whole thing was that they wanted to break away from the Premier League almost so that they got more cut of the TV revenue. And that's exactly what this is. It's a ploy to form the Champions League without having the Champions League where these member clubs are guaranteed more of a cut of the profits. And they still want to have their cake and eat it too. They still want to compete in the Champions League. They still want to compete in their domestic league. But something's got to give where the whole soccer ecosystem isn't going to be the same because these, if the Super League does go through, then they're probably going to get kicked out of their domestic leagues, or at least that's going to be drastically hindered. And they're not going to be able to compete in Champions League. And UEFA is threatening to ban players from playing in a World Cup that like are part of this, um, which as a U.S. sports, as a U.S. men's national team fan, that's that's our whole team. So with if Weston and Pulisic and uh, Sergio Dust can't play, then we're done. So although I doubt that'll happen, but that's on the bargaining chip that they have. But like you're saying, Stephen, in our text exchange that the listeners can't see, but you're saying that you're skeptical Maybe that- we just tweet the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> that you're skeptical that this wasn't just a ploy to get champions league uh more favorable contract and money situations which like i yeah. definitely thought at first too yeah i'm still i'm still that's still my conspiracy theory who knows if it's true but it just doesn't seem fleshed out i mean this it is doesn't. an idea where <laughs> They don't, they're not announcing a TV deal or where they plan to host games. And they say they're going to start it in August, but of course they're not. Like, I just, it feels like there's a lot here that um, just is still up in the air. Um, and it feels, I don't know, it just feels, 
it feels bond villain but like when the bond villain is giving the speech where he gives bond enough time to like see through his very not cleverly thought out plan and then thwart it it feels like that's the part of the situation we're in well and there's so much missing here in that one you don't have the german teams you don't have dortmund or bayern you don't have psg which bayern and psg are the two best teams in the world right now because of I guess we'll touch on this later, but PSG's owners also have owning rights of the UEFA TV deal. So that's why that they're probably not on board yet. Um, And then you don't have teams like Ajax and teams that are also like part of this global soccer infrastructure that are just kind of going to be left by the wayside, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, it just feels, I mean, it's dirty. It's rotten to the core. I I couldn't go all day. I don't know. Those quotes today from the interview were next level just either the man has completely deluded himself or he's just you know see montgomery burns um <laughs> level of just pure actual evil billionaire um i'm i'm glad to see the fans react as strongly and as negatively as they have i think you know i heard jurgen klopp give his the the video you sent me was his post-match interview with some of his thoughts and and it is tough because this wasn't Jurgen Klopp's decision and it wasn't Mo Salah's decision and it certainly wasn't you know Trent Alexander-Arnold's decision for whom you know playing in the Derby against Everton is probably every bit as big a deal as as playing in the Champions League final maybe not quite as much but you know as a big deal for a guy that grew up there um so you know it's not their fault but I don't know how fans can really distinguish you know I don't you know and that was kind of Klopp's things well don't take the signs down because those are for us not for the the front office and it's like yeah but they're not in the ground so what are they supposed to you know if they if they were there and they could chant F-U-F-S-G or something that might be different but like I don't know what they're supposed to do but that's a hard line to walk, but it does. It is I don't know. slightly comical that the Premier League chose to like move back their last two match weeks, uh, so that they could get fans in the in the stands only for like this to happen. So that'll be fun to see too. Yeah, for sure. And Boris Johnson also a big critic of this situation. Literally, everyone's been a critic, <laughs> um, which is a way I don't think. I don't think it happens. Ian, you know, you may not be as intimately familiar with UEFA and FIFA. Can you tell us what UEFA means? Can you tell us what? I don't even know if I can. I know E is for European, so you got the other one. European, (laughs) oh God, UEFA, urban European fictional area. (laughs) That's good. Uh, (laughs) You know, I know everyone seems to be against the Super League, but I'm for anything with Super in it. (laughs) I mean, it's Super. Um, I don't quite like, I don't know this, like, this seems really weird because it feels like someone just hatched a plan and didn't ask anyone. (laughs) Like, I think we'll do a league. And I was like, yeah, but these are, these are like, there's other leagues around that are like storied and been around for, you know, like years and years and years. And like, just can't come in and do this. And they're like, oh, but you don't understand. They got money and stuff. So like. I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> I don't know. And everyone's so against it that I just can't imagine how it takes off. Like, but I don't know. Maybe this is something that just fades into the background and like it just happens and it's like a much smaller scale. And you know, they don't ban they don't ban players from playing in 
other different tournaments and, and with their teams and, and, and the worlds and everything like that. But like, I, it just seems like this, this can't exist. <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying. They're like, Oh, it'll happen. Yeah. I'm like, ah, but this seems like, this just seems like you're trying to shove the roundest peg into the squarest hole. They're trying to force yeah. like American sports on dead Europe. If these people who oh, are like 100%. diametrically opposed to how we do sports <laughs> in the U.S. <laughs> and Europeans just love it. Yeah. When Americans come in and change things. They love it. Yeah, yeah. I think the whole world does, really. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's exactly what it is. It was funny to hear uh, what that whatever his name Perez is that his name? What's his first name? The, the Real Madrid guy, whatever. Florentino Perez. Yes, uh, it was f- funny. Funny is not the right word, but I can't think of a better word. I guess ironic to hear him talk about, well, you know, soccer's in such trouble. And it's like, dude, you made the trouble. Like, especially <laughs> with Real Madrid and SD Barcelona at the center of this thing. Like, it was their irresponsible spending and insane contracts and nonsense like that that made their bad financial situation. They can blame COVID all they want, and that didn't help. But that's not the reason they're like underwater and in trouble. The reason is that they are terrible at managing football clubs and they're not putting winning teams on the field. So they're not getting the revenue of winning Champions League. And then it's like the Eric Andre meme where they shot themselves in the face and they're looking at the camera like, why would UEFA do this to us? You know, it's like, mm. it's, it's, it's one thing, you know, I, it's one thing if you're actually a club that needs more money. Like if Norwich shitty was out here being like, Oh man, soccer's really hard. Like we just need some more money. Like I, I still don't know that I would care that much to probably worth several hundred million dollars, a couple hundred million dollars. Hmm. But it's one thing if it's them, I, I really have a lot of, really have a lot of trouble with people who are trying to turn $11 billion into 14 billion dollars or whatever you know like i'm i'm i think of myself as a capitalist but this week i've become a communist i think because this kind of stuff (laughs) is just like it's just malarkey it's just nonsense and infuriating and there's nothing fans can really do about it you know they either don't watch the sport that they love and the team that they've supported for in some cases all of their lives in some cases more mm-hmm. than all of their lives and generations generations, generations from you know kenny dogleash on down from way even earlier than that um or or they you know can keep supporting them and just deal with with these rich you know americans and sheiks and whoever else coming in to ruin the sport that they love seems melodramatic but like when on top of this uh Perez is saying weird quotes about like maybe we just make the game shorter and like maybe we do this that and the other thing it's like fundamentally that's changing the sport in a massive massive way like soccer is perfect it's called the beautiful game for a reason we don't need these changes and it pains me to my core. <laughs> yeah, I was just I was seeing Fabricio's Romano's feed, just like keep refreshing with all these Perez quotes that he was giving him and like getting angrier and angrier. And then he said that Super League will save the entire world of football. And it felt like it did feel like a Bond villain. It felt like that like climactic scene where the villain is like actually trying to save the world, but like goes about it the wrong way. And then 
like Batman <laughs> keeps getting in his way. So now he's going to kill Batman because he gets more attention. Um, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah, that's I what think you that's want. exactly right. <laughs> um, you know, I don't, I don't know. We can talk about this a lot more. There's a lot more we could say. Uh, I did like this quote. Let me find it here in the notes from a, a what was it? The European Supporters Club or something? Football Supporters hmm. Europe uh, that said illegit that described this as illegitimate, irresponsible, and anti-competitive by design. More to the point, it is driven exclu- exclusively by greed. The only ones who stand to gain are hedge funds, oligarchs, and a handful of already wealthy clubs. Any of which perform, many of which perform poorly in their own domestic leagues despite their inbuilt advantage, which seems like a pointed shot at Arsenal, Tottenham in particular, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Atletico and, and Real Madrid in there a little bit as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I have, what do you do? What do you, you know, if this happens, it changes the nature of the game. I know I've seen a lot of the people who are like, well, you know, just don't forget, stay woke. UEFA is also evil. And it's like, yeah, Man, they are. You turned them into the good guy. (laughs) Yeah. Stalin was a good guy in World War II for a while, you know, because he had to be because he was fighting Hitler and and anybody who was fighting Hitler was the good guys, you know, like I'm obviously that's an an over hyperbolic example, but like I, I, I kind of want to see UEFA and Premier League and FIFA and whoever go balls to the wall and fighting this thing and ban them from, uh, you know, the freaking World Cup and ban them. You know, again, I don't blame the players, but that's how you can make the players say, well, I'm not playing for Liverpool if I can't play in the World Cup. I'll sign with, you know, Bayern. Or like, the thing about this is they don't have enough of the big money elite clubs in Europe to prevent the top players from finding other places to play. Mm. Um, if, if, playing in the champions league and playing in you know the world cup and things like that are at stake here and those are the competitions that the players really care about now maybe the players care about the money most and i'm sure certain in some cases maybe a lot of cases they do but i know for a fact that you know domestically domestic competitions usually aren't as important mm-hmm. as the champions league and the champions league is a level beyond you know or is a level behind the world cup so if fifa is going to block access to some of those it might force some changes uh from the player level that and it's like it feels like their big bargaining chip right it's like what can we do well we can ban players who are participating in this and not playing the world cup and i think like that that's kind of almost like a stopgap like all right well that's a no contest we can't proceed any further but it's yeah i don't know the whole thing just rings hollow because uefa was already making concessions like um with the champions league they were already going to expand it to like a 10 game group stage where you'd play more big clubs just guaranteed um throughout that so it was almost like they were prepared for to make these demands for uefa to say no and then they're going to announce the super league and then UEFA agreed and then they're like oh well okay <laughs> here's our super league idea yeah 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 I think it was definitely a time to kind of cut off those champions league mm. proposals and you know ultimately what this this is such a Stan Kroenke thing such a Stan Kroenke. because 
ultimately what's at the heart here, I think genuinely is like, I, these people are like, I should be able to make the top dollar from mm-hmm. owning this sports property without having to worry about whether my team is competitive on the field. That's what this is. That's what's at the heart of this is that they don't understand relegation and they don't understand why clubs that win trophies and rank highly domestically make more money than clubs that don't. And they don't like that. And Stan Kroenke and some of these other guys come from leagues where there's, you know, in the NFL, I think there's just 100% revenue sharing across the board, which is why every team in the NFL is in the black, you know, and is profitable because it doesn't matter how good you are and you can have half empty or worse stadiums and be the Raiders or whoever and still make a lot of money. Um, so, you know, they want to be in, in that world. And Stan Kroenke obviously clearly doesn't know how to field a competitive soccer team, let alone a competitive team in any sport in his native country. And so, you know, he just doesn't think that that should be part of the equation. Um, and it's a weird investment in that they can manufacture ways that it's not, you know, like if I bought a, if I bought a shipping company, I would have to expect that I'd need to be good at shipping things to make profit with that company. Right. Like Steven, what if you had a shipping company and you just tanked that shipping company so bad, like (laughs) no one used you anymore. But then you yeah. moved that shipping company to like one of the shipping hotbeds of the world. And like all of a sudden uh-huh. you're a successful businessman. What do you think about that? Does that sound like a Well, good <laughs> you know, I think that's what I should probably do. Um, but yeah, just, who knows? You know, who, who really knows? It's like, what if I had a shipping company and then I hired uh, Paul Pogba to play or to be my shipping captain Mm. but then i sat him on the shipping bench all the time even though he was making a shipping hundred million dollars a year and then i complained about how much shipping money i was wasting something like Mm. that i didn't mean to single out man united i was actually trying to think of someone from arsenal but (laughs) arsenal is so bland and boring that i couldn't actually think of any of their players so you know I went with I went with Pogba. So sorry for the cheap shot there. Mm, Speaking of cheap right. shots at Paul Pogba, don't you love that uh, he and Mourinho had a little public slap fight before uh, Mourinho's exit? Did you hear about all that? On the everything, I didn't hear about that. But everything about Mourinho's exit <laughs> and that game with Man United last week, where Mourinho's uh-huh. walking off the field and there's a picture of him and Ole behind him, and Ole's got like the biggest smile on his face, and Mourinho looks miserable. It was just like made my mm. day. <laughs> yeah yeah i uh, uh I'm jose Mourinho. you know what honestly this is the best thing that ever maybe it's the worst i don't know because it used to be that jose Mourinho was the world's foremost soccer villain and mm-hmm. he just plummeted tw- like 20 spots on the list so you know i don't know <laughs> if that's good because now he gets to fade into the shadows and be calm a little bit again or if it's bad because that's like his whole gimmick and now he doesn't have a role to serve well here's what's great about that is that tottenham are playing in the fa cup final is it this weekend or next weekend i forget when the final is but the fact that they fired him right before he was about to take place and get tottenham a trophy that he could have bragged about for the next three years so they fire him so he can't get a trophy and on top of that the day he gets fired uh this super league thing blows up so he can't even have like that satisfaction of being in the media 
So it's it's just fantastic. Yeah, around. I think this is his nightmare, <laughs> and and I love it. He can't make the headlines, you know, on his exit, and, hmm. and I think that's great. I think that's right where he should be. Anyway, I don't know. Do you have more you guys want to say about Super League? We could talk about it for days. Really, I mean, we could make the whole episode about it. I don't know, and I would if you guys want to. It's really just where you guys want to stop. Ian, as a, I want to ask Ian as a traditional American sports fan, does the Super League thing, does that make more sense when we're talking about like your typical American franchise model, or is it still like super confusing? So, like, so this is a league, what without relegation? Yeah, essentially. That's what I mean. No, that's the thing. The the crappy clubs still get relegation. It's just that the founding clubs mm. are protected from that. Arsenal can never win a game, but because they were a founding member, they wouldn't get relegated. So somebody could be better than Arsenal, get relegated, but because Arsenal was like one of the first ones and they wouldn't get relegated. Well, I don't like that. Yeah, it's it's the whole idea of it is just I, ridiculous. Yeah, this I don't know. I mean, maybe they Maybe it's already been talked about like this, and I'm sure it has. But that just this just feels like uh, I own a club and I have a lot of money, and therefore mm-hmm. my club will be good because because of the fact that I have a lot of money, not because the club is good. Like they're now in the Super League with all these other clubs, and because I have money, they they're not going to leave the Super League. But your shitty other team will, <laughs> and uh, I'm reward, rewarded for this. And it's like you're going to leave the Super League to go back to the Premier League. Yeah. Like... <laughs> that's very confusing all the english words let's just call it the uber league the ultra league um i gotta tell you if they called it the ultra league i might just i think that's that's whatever it's about and just be all for it i think Um, in like in 20 years after the super league's been going for a while like (laughs) real madrid and and man united decided they wouldn't form the ultra league because they're not splinter into that (laughs) yeah why not um no, actually, what I was going to ask was, you know, to hell with the Super League. I was going to ask, why did why did Mourinho get fired? Because, like, I'm looking at this, I'm looking at this record, his record with Tottenham, with 86 games played that he's coached. There are 44, 44 wins, uh, 19 draws, 23 losses. It's not his, it looks like it's his second to worst, like, win percentage, I guess. Mm. So, like, that's not good for him. Um but it's still it's still over it's still over 500. I don't know. I guess 500 is not very good. But there had been so here's my here's my conspiracy. If we're going to touch on conspiracy theories, I feel like there has to be something in his contract that if he won any trophies, they have to give him like some sort of performance bonus. And I don't think they wanted to bring him back for next year because that the mm. whole thing, despite they aren't going to make the Champions League, and it's all been a mess. Uh, because Mourinho just wears players down. So I think they were going to fire him at the end of the season anyway, but then they would have had to, like now that he actually did make the final, they would have had to pay him more. So that's my conspiracy. Okay, so his contract wasn't coming up or anything? No, but I'm sure there were clauses in his contract. that. Yeah, interesting. Because, yeah, I was just looking at his record, and I was like, he seems, you see, I'm knowing nothing of this man other than the fact that he's from Portugal. Tottenham also, they also need Champions League to like, because they've spent so much. It's one of those things where like they need Champions League football to be able to buy more okay. players eventually. Interesting. Yeah, he looks like he has a good record, like where wherever he's gone. But is he just like, is he just a, a firebrand? He wears on people. I think this is his oh, shortest tenure. 
<laughs> he's a real he's a real Ken Hitchcock type. Okay, that's what uh, I asked. I was like, are we talking yeah. Ken Hitchcock? Are we talking real Ken Hitchcock type? And he only lasts like three seasons max, whatever he is. Yeah, okay. he's Ken Hitchcock, <laughs> but maybe even more toxic. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you say that, Justin, because literally, I think it's literally like what's this? It's 2019 to 2021, and he had 16 to 18 in Manchester United, 13 to 15 mm-hmm. in Chelsea or with Chelsea, 2010 to 2013 with Real Madrid. 08 to 2010 with yeah it's like literally three or like two three four years everywhere Mourinho is fascinating to me because he'll come in the first year and he'll totally tear everything apart and like try to put a system in place he'll be okay not as good as you maybe think they're going to be the second year he'll win the league and then the third year he'll they'll completely flame out and like finish eighth this year they just finished it was a year ahead of schedule I think is the (laughs) they didn't have the title and then they burned everybody out in the process so very interesting. So how does this work today? Like, how does this work within soccer or within, within football? Do they have, like, an assistant coach who just fills in now? Um, and some then, dude. Some dude. Their, not, uh, their coach not... right now is, like, I think he was part of their training. Hold on, I need to look up his name because he's, like, younger than Gareth Bale. Um, That's not hard. <laughs> did they ever do something where they like where these interim coaches then become the coach down the road or they just have enough you know soccer being such a huge sport well, they just have first, enough like storied coaches that they're like no 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 we're not going to bring some weird like some dude in here we're going to definitely get like a guy first of all Ian, if you would please use the proper vernacular of a caretaker manager a caretaker manager yes <laughs> yeah I'm, um, I'm envisioning like groundskeeper willie i don't know why. well all like on our show ian was caretaker oh, manager and still he, is uh, a caretaker yeah i mean they they can i mean it's i think as far as that goes it's fairly similar to how interim coaches work in pro sports where at times they appoint a person that they mm. are giving kind of a dirt in pro sports like this isn't pro sports i meant in american <laughs> sports where at times they get a guy sports. that's actual pro sports like the of, super league yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they get the guy the job sometimes because they like him and want to see how he does and other times it's like well you're here while we mm. do this coaching search we'll will keep you here which i really think was kind of more ole's deal and then he was just too good um Mm. but you know it it varies but you can keep the job if you do well enough so i don't know in in this case what tottenham wants to do it's almost like they should have found a way to not make mauricio pochettino or something it would seem that way yeah (laughs) yeah i would almost you know firing pochettino would probably be the best way to go but Um, to be fair pochettino is not super league material so maybe 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 tottenham was right so Tottenham are being taken over. Their caretaker manager is Ryan Mason, who was born in 1991. Everybody, 1991. Oh, <laughs> oh no! What? What? What uh, month of 1991? June. June 13th. Oh, June. Oh, <laughs> in his 20s. How? So he was a Tottenham player. He played for Tottenham from his youth, but he's loaned out to like Doncaster Rovers and Millwall and Hull. Um, and then I guess retired because of injury yeah. and has been involved in their Man. training staff. 
<laughs> is a child. Ian uh, also married or engaged to a woman named Rachel Peters. So maybe a distant, you know, cousin by marriage, yeah. marriage of yours. <laughs> wow. Let me Oh my lord! Can you imagine? I mean, even if you're, you know, even if you're not Gareth Bale, even if you're like Harry Kane, or even a young but like a superstar player, which I know Tottenham doesn't have any of those, but like, can you well, imagine Harry being, outside of Harry Kane anyway? <laughs> yeah, it's it's one thing if like the guy that you're being coached by who is like a barely rosterable. Um, hmm. you know, midfielder at the highest levels for a decade. It did that three decades ago. But when he like just stopped being that, and it's like, yeah, and also now you're our manager. Like how but not how do only did he that is he like just stopped playing, but it's not like he's like Andrea Pirlo or like Thierry Henry where you're like, okay, like well, this that's guy what knows. I'm saying. Like <laughs> like a lot of a lot of coaches are like we're not the best players, you know. Yeah. So like Jurgen Klopp is like well, he was okay, but he wasn't like like you said like Thierry Henry or anybody. But like at least when he for him that was like twenty years ago that he wasn't. Mm. But this guy wasn't yeah. that like <laughs> two years ago. So like he's how playing do you, on how do you on whole city like three years ago. So <laughs> how do you possibly care what this guy says? You know. This is like when when the gym when the gym teacher randomly picks two people to be team captains and then you're supposed to listen to their leadership it's like nah man you ain't ryan o'reilly i know what this is about this is um bad. i think the I best so part young. of this that's Sorry, that i think right the now. best Oof. part of the super league is the fact that uh harry kane can't commit any more fraudulent fouls and not get called for them in the premier league because he'll be doing that in the super league now so you know, I would say that's the best part. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? Um, you guys want to move on to the world's true Super League, which that's is right. the Major League Soccer, which helped by the time uh, St. Louis City SC enters the fray, may be the most popular soccer league on the planet be. because it will be the only. And don't listen, I'm not kidding myself and myself into thinking that they're not all about money and greed either, but they just haven't shown it quite as transparently yet. You know, here's so, the, here's the difference though MLS is upfront about it. They're like, we need money. That's right. We're <laughs> a low tier league. <laughs> Whereas is... like these European clubs are like, we're all about the fans and then they're not. So. Yeah, <laughs> we're all about the fans. All eighty thousand of them that travel right. around the world to cram our stadiums every <laughs> week. We're all about those guys. We know every one of them by name. Uh, MLS is back, folks. The the league. I watched a, a fair amount, not as much as I'd have liked to this weekend, uh, but I, but it got a taste of you know Seattle, Minnesota. Got a taste of Montreal, Toronto. Um, didn't catch the Austin debut, which I, I regret, but, you know, got a, got a little, little, just a little uh, dab of some of these games, but they're back. The league has returned. We haven't, we didn't, for several reasons, including me having the stomach flu last week, we weren't able to do a preview of the season. We should probably do some predictions after we go through these games, but uh, Justin, you're our, our resident MLS expert. Would you like mm. to walk us through some of these games and tell us uh, what we missed and give me and some give highlights. Us your takeaways. Yeah, 
this was probably i mean mls is pure chaos for the most part anyway mm -hmm. and i think this oh, yeah. weekend was pretty good for that there are some crazy games there are some not great ones but you know not every game is gonna be great better than sheffield right. versus burnley though so i'll take that um your first game of the year kicking off we had houston two san jose earthquakes one uh joe corona had his first assist as a houston dynamo and then uh, San Jose almost tied it up late, but Wando did his best Wando impression and uh, completely whiffed on a ball that he was like in the goal mouth and threw it over the goal. So I still love him, but just classic Wando there. <laughs> it's still not retired, you know? So. No, still, still doing it. He's going to play forever. Um, um, Kyle Beckerman finally learned his lesson, right? He retired. He retired, so yeah. So now Wando's riding alone. Wando, who was on the like 1984 World Cup team, <laughs> that Chris Wondolowski. I'm did, he probably didn't guess, play before. When did Wando but, turn pro? Make a guess now, both of you. When when do you think he turned uh, a professional soccer player? I'm gonna be too aggressive and say 1997. <laughs> That's very aggressive. <laughs> That's too much. That's too much. 2006. That's probably too cautious now. Ian, you give a guess. God. Was Chris Wondolowski ever Wondolowski. in a backyard soccer game? I think that would influence oh, our guess. Yeah, there you go. That's the real question. I think he was. <laughs> I do too. I think I, I vaguely remember him being in one. How did they fit his name on the screen? I don't know. Pete Wheeler and six <laughs> characters. <laughs> I remember Olsen in that game. Somebody yeah, we need your year. We need your guess here. What's the year for when they became, went pro? For one Chris when he went pro, yeah. I can't remember if Stephen was too aggressive or not aggressive enough, so I'm going to say exactly what you said. No, um, 1995. <laughs> Okay, that's <laughs> you went even more aggressive. I love it. That's a little bit much. Uh, 2005. <laughs> he was drafted by the San Jose Earthquakes hey, in man. 2005. I was pretty close. I didn't go over. I was the closest without going over. So yeah. it's a quake for life, baby. Um, okay, next game. Enough with Wando. Uh, Seattle beat Minnesota four to nothing. Real quick, does does Joe Corona happen to wear the number 19? Because if he doesn't, he should. Corona <laughs> 19. Know. Get it. Yeah, get I get it because it's it a pandemic. Yeah. That's why it's it was, yeah. the global pandemic, folks. Yeah, it's terrible. I was wondering, like, Sad. when is okay to start making that joke, but you know, if we're just gonna now, now's the time. <laughs> I just decided it's now. <laughs> okay, good, 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 good. Um, all right, next game Seattle beat Minnesota for nothing, which was very uh, expectable. Seattle win behind a Rui Diaz brace and uh, still look a lot better than the rest of the league despite Jay Mosmood's absence. Uh, Roldan and Montero looked great too, and Minnesota looked like what you'd expect from a Minnesota sports team. Yeah. Steven, you said you watched this one. What did you think of Seattle? First of all, let me say one comment that is unrelated. Those Minnesota kits, as oh, much nice, as I wanted I think. to think that they were boring because they were gray, dang, those are nice. Um, They're just but, very clean, oh, which I appreciate yeah. like in motion. Yeah, more to the point of the game, Seattle making a strong case for why they are the powerhouses of this league mm. still, and you should never overlook them. Um, I thought Minnesota was going to be better here. And in fact, point of fact, they were. It was only like one nothing at halftime, right? 
and then uh which is when i picked it up and then um seattle went crazy uh or was it was it tied at nothing or was it one to nothing at it i think seattle had an early lead i I think it was but um in any case a lot of these goals were kind of pouring piling on late uh rui diaz is uh the greatest 75 year old looking (laughs) young professional athlete that i've ever seen Mm. um and freddie montero coming back and scoring in his first game is it freddie montero am i making that up yeah no you you got it you got it okay i don't i feel very (laughs) young i just need you here justin uh coming back and scoring in his first game that was cool to see uh seattle just freaking Seattle when I watch them feel the most like like I know they couldn't like hang if they were in the Premier League I know that Mm. instinctively but they feel the most (laughs) like a quality European club as opposed to like a really good MLS club you know Um, they just feel really polished and really good and really united and and it feels even though they're only you know 20 not even 20 years old and they wear xbox colors it feels like they have history and prestige because they've won 18 of the 20 possible and lost cups that they could have won so i don't know i i don't they are a little bit like the yankees of this league in some ways but i can't help but like them uh, and so it was cool, cool to see them look so good. And you got to have a team that you want to beat, right? You got to have a, right, a big dog right. in the league, and, and that's who Seattle is happy to be time and time again. So yeah. sad to see Jordan Morris not there. That was, you know, uh, a weird, and I hope his recovery is going well, and, and whatever his future holds, I hope he gets uh, to be happy and enjoy that. But that was, you know, the only the only drawback. I enjoyed the it. The only drawback. All right. So next up on the docket, we had Club de Foot Montreal versus Toronto. Did I do that right? Uh, <laughs> playing in Miami, of course, as all uh, Canadians do in spring, I think. Uh, Mason Toy mm-hmm. kicked things off. A lot of off trees for, for Quebec, I thought. A lot of yeah, I mean, I don't know much about French Canada anyway, but, you know. It's better than, it's worse than regular Canada, as I understand. So. <laughs> it's Okay. I don't, we, we're not a French language podcast, so I think we'll be all right. Uh, Mason right. Toy kicked things off with a bit of a worldie. A awesome goal. I'm glad to see Mason Toy in Montreal playing well. Um, there are a few of those this weekend. And then Montreal with support from Kyoto, Victor Wanyama, and Mihalovic uh, end up winning 4-2 to two against Toronto. Toronto got one back late, but you could definitely tell the teams that had to play Champions League midweek all like exhausted um orlando yeah. and atlanta played next game and atlanta like the same is that way. the is that the vaunted uefa champions league about which we just spoke <laughs> no that is the Concacaf champions league which is better in every oh. way because you have to go okay. to honduras and play in a dilapidated stadium it's great <laughs> yeah ian real quick can you spell Concacaf for us <laughs> c-o-n right yeah. For those of you listening, space frozen fear. <laughs> we really C-A. should release the video of that moment. <laughs> Good so far, you're doing it. C O N C A C A F E. Oh no! You said oh, too, one too many. One too many. No, you sure it's not Concacaf? No, it's Concacaf, but not Concacaf. 
<laughs> but you know, I mean, otherwise, otherwise, good. Although I would love Tonka Cafe. Uh, Tonka Cafe, I think, would be a pretty good spot if you ask me. Stands for I would, a- I would, I would spend my Garber bucks to buy I- Sierra Mist at the Conca Cafe. I feel I think, like it uh, would be one of those places with like weird off-brand sodas you thought they didn't bottle anymore. You know, yeah. like Sierra Mist and RC Cola, and you can get like a squirt, pay a extra, <laughs> or a squirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like surge i didn't even know if you made it they still made that and then you pick it up and it's kind of squishy and you're like "Ooh, maybe they don't pepsi clear uh Cafe, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, of course standing for the confederation of north central america and caribbean association football in case you guys they gotta worry. change that <laughs> they, i know they're never gonna do it but they i think i think something needs to be done mm. yeah i think so too uh Okay, moving on. LAFC beat Austin two nothing, but honestly, like Austin looked a lot better against LAFC than I thought they would. Now, caveat there being that Carlos Vela got hurt, surprise, surprise, in the first like ten minutes and had to go out to the sideline, and apparently was good to go. But Michael Bradley thought he was signaling to take him out, so they took out Carlos Vela in the tenth minute, and Vela was extremely unhappy about it. <laughs> Uh, oh, so wow, that's hilarious. A Carlos Vela less LAFC end up beating Austin two nothing, but they're two goals at the end of the game. Austin did really well. I think they're going to be kind of like Nashville last year, where they're just it's a competent defense which can take you far in this league, but somebody's got to score goals there. As so uh, incredibly, incredibly boring. You're saying, yeah. Um, <laughs> I know that we're not supposed to like Austin FC, I, as, as I understand, because mm. they're the bad yeah, right, right. Columbus people, right? Uh, mm, right, right? But they do have Matthew McConaughey, which none of the other clubs have. Um, That's a good and point. I really like that green. I like, I think the logo is a little dumb, but mm. the green, I just dig. On, on I like a, a good green bubble. jersey. Uh, they're very yeah. Real Betis-like, which are also jerseys that I enjoy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Our yeah. So uh, I think we talked about it when we did our jersey review. Review not as not as wild about the green mm. and black stripes, uh, but the white with the green. That's kind of dig. Um, so our, uh, in any case, off topic a little bit, but our St. Mary's High School soccer in this jerseys. Podcast? <laughs> They were that like Kelly green and white. They modeled them after the Celtic and Real Betis jerseys, so it was, they're very nice. <laughs> um, Google, Google doesn't let me down. I don't, I don't know if you can find them. Uh, Dallas and Colorado was a game that happened. It ended zero zero. When you look up the uh, events for this game, nothing comes up. So it just kind of happened, I guess. Both teams got a point. Yeah, <laughs> you know. That's how I feel about every FC Dallas and Colorado mm. game. I can't. Yeah. I I it will be a cold day in hell before I tune into MLS to look at those two playing each other. You know, I forget about Dallas often outside of their. Yeah, it's weird because they have this really good academy system, but like never do anything with the actual Dallas? senior team. Feels like Dallas across the board has just remarkably forgettable sports teams. Like not even yeah. bad, but just forgettable. You know, like well, the Cowboys. You, it's you like, how can can't you say forget them? No matter, <laughs> no matter how hard you try, you can't forget them. But like the Rangers are usually 
fine. Mm. I mean, they've been worse lately, but they're usually fine. But like, who thinks about the Rangers and the Stars are just there? They're they're in our division even, and I just don't care. The Mavericks are always like the third best Texas team, and (laughs) yeah, and they have that Luka Doncic guy who, which that name, that last name sounds like you should get that examined by a doctor. But you know, other than that, great player. Very very popular. We're we're leaning into xenophobia here, so let's move on. We'll get in trouble. None of the Super League is the Superior League. Can, can cats even have due process or double jeopardy? I, 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 I don't want to. I don't want to uh, find out though. Yeah, not if it means suing a cat, then certainly not. But all in right, any all case, right. next game we Go have on. the New York Go Red Bulls. Go on with your reviews. <laughs> New York Red Bulls won Sporting Kansas City too. Uh, Sporting Kansas City look really good again. Gadi Kinda. Uh, will be if he's as good as he was in this game, that'll be good. Also, Gianluca Busio looks like he's about to take that next step into like actually senior level players. So that'll be good to see. Um, I'm still not sold on this particular Red Bull team, but SKAC getting goals from Daniel Shalloway would be a nice change of pace too. I think this New York Red Bulls team is going to be bad this year, but that's how how did how did you pronounce that name for Peter Shalloway? Shalloway, Daniel Shalloway. There's an H in there. I think it's one of those things where there's like supposed to be an accent over the S that makes like that sh- okay. sound, you know. He's one of those people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Once again, just tiptoeing back towards xenophobia. <laughs> I am so sorry, Hungary. You've seen Hungary. Yeah. Good, good God. Turn it off. Close the podcast. We're done. It's over. Hey, let's look at the flag of Hungary. We haven't done that before. All right. Well, Steve was trying to get in the good graces of a whole country again. Uh, <laughs> it's already lost. These people despise me. Uh, DC Christmas United flag. 2, NYCFC 1. Uh, this is where the weekend started to go off the rails because this game didn't make any sense to me at all. Uh, DC, I don't think is that good of a team, but they got two like crazy goals out of this. Beat NYCFC 2 1. They'll take that. Moving on, Nashville 2, Cincinnati 2. This is where I texted Steven that this game was going off the rails and Cincy and Nashville were trying to kill each other. To which Steven responded, I hope you mean the cities and not the soccer team. So, <laughs> I've been to both cities. They're very nice. They're very, I mean, they're identical to St. Louis. They're just mm, river right. towns, you know? They've which got means a riverfront. Right. And that's where the city is. And then there's not another part of the city. That's the mm. whole city. But... Yeah uh yeah i mean the purpose of this of the uh mls in particular screw both these teams i hope they draw and i hope that they lose all all their other games so that they literally have the minimum amount of points ian what are your opinions on the cities of cincinnati and nashville what are your thoughts on give us your thoughts give us detailed (laughs) thoughts on those two cincinnati nashville i've never been to cincinnati um cincinnati blends into the other like Mm. multiple medium-sized cities of Ohio where I'm like, oh, Columbus, oh, Cleveland, oh, Dayton, oh, like one of the many. Um, Nashville I've been to, and unfortunately, I hate to say it, but Nashville uh, is a lot of fun, so it's too bad. I wish I wanted to hate that city, but it's so nice. (laughs) I went to Cincinnati last summer. Was it last summer? Yeah, I guess it was. Um, And 
enjoyed it more than I'd care to admit. But I wouldn't, I think I spent two days there and I think I like, I think I milked that city for all it's worth, you know. You had, you had to let it. Of, I don't think I left a lot of squeeze in that juice or whatever they say, you know, didn't get all the, anyway, you know hmm. what I'm saying. So, yeah, yeah. Um, all of a sudden, Reds you know, fans so, start looking at you funny if you stay there for too long. So you got to get out of there. That's right. That's right. Red, if there are any left, they do start to look at you funny. I should watch my mouth. Those are the division leading what Reds last I checked. So, you know, more power to them, I guess. But so anyway, I I want both those cities to burn. That's all I'm saying. So go on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the game itself, though, <laughs> regardless of the cities, is pretty good. This is like probably this in the Galaxy game were my two favorites of the weekend. Peak MLS, Nashville missed like four huge chances, and Cincinnati buried both of theirs early with Brenner hitting a penalty shot, penalty kick, uh, and Lucian Acosta looking pretty good as well. So Nashville too, Cincinnati too. They both get some points, and they uh, have some interesting-looking flags, as we'll see that Steven just posted in the chat. Um, next game was Chicago v. New England. This game also ended 2-2. I'm not convinced that Chicago isn't the worst team in the league. I think they are the worst team in the league. And New England having to come from behind to tie them doesn't exactly bode well. But it's week one MLS. So, you know, what can you actually take away from that? I want Chicago to yeah. be horrible and never win a game. That is, that's where well, I want to be. They didn't change their crest, right? So, really, <laughs> nope, that's nope. on them if they, if they are. This is, a, this is a, a city, I'd like to remind you, that has the flag of chicago to work right yeah you could literally just make that a soccer jersey but they refuse Mm -hmm. and they've got to do extra crap and i'm kind of over it so to hell with them you know they're not even like dc dc doesn't have their flag in their crest but they do a lot with their flag like on their jerseys and in their like branding you haven't even done that necessarily yeah i know they're a trash bag uh organization (laughs) that's my my thoughts on it and i'm not gonna censor myself I will not, I will walk away from this podcast if I ever am asked to contain my hatred of Chicago. Well, Stephen, good thing I don't think anyone's ever going to ask you to do that. Uh, moving right. on. I'm not on this, not on this cast. Now, Hungary, that's a different story, but <laughs> moving past. I have already apologized to the Hungarians, okay? Listen, they're great people. A goulash, I imagine, is fantastic. We'd um, imagine. And, you know. I, I've never had it because uh, Hungarians aren't inviting me over for supper very often. Probably there's a reason for that, Stephen. Maybe you should explore why they're not inviting you. <laughs> this is going to be an after an evening of deep reflection for Stephen. I'm the Hungarians who are Next game up was Miami and the Galaxy. This was such a crazy game. This was Phil Neville's Miami Gal Miami. Oh. Inter Miami uh, facing off against LA Galaxy. <laughs> Not only was this game nuts, but I didn't realize how jarring it would be to see a 70% filled capacity stadium at this point in my life. And that was, yeah, I did that, not know how to that feel about that. That stand was quite full. Hmm. Um, you know, there's a part, of me, there's a part of me genuinely that's like, hey, the vaccine's out there, go for it. You know, but then there's another part of me that sees it and I'm like, I wouldn't go for it. You know, like there's also like doing. the part that Florida has done nothing in terms of like hunkering down, so you can't even say, "Well, they earned it." It's like they didn't; they they've just been this way the whole time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Uh, but you know, with that said, I think at least <laughs> at least Inter Miami is a an upstanding organization that has never violated uh, MLS's rules in a significant way, and so therefore, uh, if a team is going right, to have right. a, a mostly full stadium, far be it for me to suggest it be anybody. Is Miami? Not to take away from this game, but is Miami just going to be like the league shit show organization? Are they? I guess. <laughs> they certainly seem to be on that track. I don't know. You know, another team, but that's another, they're fitting right into their city's identity as far as sports with the Marlins and Dolphins down there. So, yeah, might know, as well just lean into it. Just keeps working. <laughs> and, the, and the Panthers, if we're generously going to give them Sunrise, which is like uh-huh. an hour and a half away from town, but whatever. Um yeah, that's that's Miami all over. So, uh, game wise, though, this game was like kept going back and forth. It was tied at two. Chicharito scored his second goal of the day to put it away in like the final closing minutes, and actually looked genuinely happy to be playing in MLS. So you love to see it. Uh, probably totaling his goal total from last year. I don't know how many goals he scored, but it wasn't more than much more than two. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was too specifically. So, <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> uh, next every, game on the every docket. Higuain was involved, which is great. You know, yeah, Higuain yeah. At one point. Uh, I forget which one scored, but one of them Gonzalo scored. and the other one. <laughs> no. The other Higuain, Higuain one and Higuain two, as we call yeah, them. the better Higuain, I think, the one that played in Europe, not the one that's played his whole career at MLS. But I always forget which one's which. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. For sure. Moving on to Columbus and Philadelphia. This is the game I was looking forward to the most. And it was 0-0, but it was still like a pretty exciting back and forth 0-0 game. Like you got the feeling that this was two teams that are very good that were kind of feeling each other out and none of them made a mistake to the point where one could capitalize on it. I thought it was a really good game. When you look at 0-0, sometimes you think it's a bore, but not only was it a good game, but it was the best kind of jersey combo of the weekend as well. You got that beautiful Columbus jersey, got the beautiful mm-hmm. baby blue Union jersey that they have. That's just fantastic. I want, I want bed sheets made out of that Union jersey. <laughs> I want, I want to paint my wall that color. I love it. I love it so much. I wasn't sure. I I like the jersey. We talked about this on our jersey review pod, but mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if it was going to be like maybe a little. You were too worried busy. about. In motion, yeah, that's yeah, fair. and it looked better. What'd you motion, think? I think I think it looked better. I, exactly. I thought it looked so good in motion. <laughs> if only the great Freddie Adu was still there to grace. If only those threads, you know. If only. What could hey, Grant Wall to interview him about it? Uh, and then finally, <laughs> our final game of MLS weekend: uh, Vancouver one, Portland zero. This is where Cavallini, Vancouver's kind of lone DP. Uh, kind of took over and was able to bring glory to Sandy, Utah, which is where Vancouver is playing their games for the first half of the year. And they beat Portland one nothing, which is something that Vancouver would be lucky to say in the last couple of years. How do you draw that short end of the stick from <laughs> if the other teams get to go to Miami and you had to go to freaking Utah? Well, Toronto's in Orlando. Rough. Toronto's in Orlando, so well, that's, that's not, rough in its own way. That's but, rough you know, too. It's still warm. But yeah, if you got the choice of those three or being in the middle of nowhere, Utah, I would definitely. I guess because it's closer to Vancouver and they have that facility there, but I, yeah, but like <laughs> Anaheim's closer to Vancouver too. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, like why like, not go to San Jose? Like put them in San Jose. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. I feel uh, so yeah. bad for the Canadian teams because they're going to have to play like oh. at least half the season in Florida and Utah. And then they're going to have to go to places where there's actual crowd in the stand and you're away from home for this long. Like that's not going to be an easy ride for them. No. Well, Ontario seems like they've really, you know, they're really lightening up restrictions lately. So that should be no problem for them to get back in there. Have you heard about that? Because like the province is revolting against this. Is it? <laughs> it has been crazy. Yeah. I, was, hey, I, I mean, knew I've learned all this. I knew they were very but... behind on their vaccine rollout because I have some yeah. friends in the uh, track field riding world to ride out Toronto and like, I got both rounds of my shot and they hadn't even heard about like the possibility of signing up for a list yet. And I was like, Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently cases are spiking and their premier or whatever they call their pretend governors of their pretend state and their pretend government, uh, just like put all sorts of like, I'm not trying to call lockdowns in general, like, tyrannical but like the police could stop you on the street and ask you why you were out of your house and stuff like that and like people in even in the hockey twitter community which i don't think you know don't think leans particularly far right were like freaked out and pissed off and i was just like wow this is this is wild you know uh so i don't know how that's gonna go as far as sports that's the thing is like you know i think i think everyone in america is sort of assuming like okay well by whatever the next full season of Mm. your sport is like we're just gonna be normal like i know goodell has even said like we expect full crowds when we return in the in the fall or whatever but like i don't know if that's gonna fly with the canadian teams uh, both because they've tended to be more restrictive mm. under the best of circumstances and also because the virus right now is is kind of going crazy out there and like you said the rollout is not going well um, you probably get to a point you get to a point with like lockdowns like we definitely botched our lockdowns and the fact that like missouri basically didn't have any and we saw how bad that was for a while but i'm sure you get to a point mm. where you've been in this like constant state of loosening and tightening restrictions for like over a year now and you probably get to a breaking point because we haven't experienced anything like this before yeah yeah i mean humans still need contact and and things to do and stuff you know so it's definitely a delicate balance i'm glad it's not my job but it's definitely going to be tough for those teams like you said this year but especially if it drags out another year man that's just hopefully i mean mls obviously this season's just starting so hopefully another whole year and they can clean it up but yeah that being said sandy utah is probably a good place to be if you're country i guess (laughs) you know you're not getting a lot of COVID all the way out there i guess right mormons probably don't even believe in it so that's probably you know i'm sure they have some sort you know, of spell just, that makes it not happen, I think, is what I understand. <laughs> we just took a hard left turn from xenophobia into religious stereotyping. That's which okay. Is really I don't, I don't mind if the ask. Mormons hate me. <laughs> That's right. We all Salt Lake fans can get bent. Um, right. Yeah. So, Justin, early on, who's kind of your top five in the MLS power rankings? Who do you feel like are the teams to really watch out for and contend with? 
Yeah, I mean, as anything with MLS, you know, the disclaimer being don't bet on MLS, but I think, of course, you have Seattle and LAFC, both, like, really good. Um, I think Philly and Columbus will be really good again. And then you look at, like, can Atlanta bounce back? They've looked good in those CCL matches. Toronto, I think, yeah. takes a step back as much as I hate to say that, but, like, I think Atlanta would be my my other fifth team if I'm going to put another one in that top five. Yeah, for sure. I think Seattle is... I don't want to overreact to four nothing. I was going to say they're kind of mm. have already separated themselves a bit, but let's give it time. But they have the, you know, the power of coming in with a lot of that too. Right. Um, but, you know, Columbus certainly deserves respect for what they did last year and the team hasn't really changed significantly. So they, they've got to be watched too. And, um, you know, Orlando did win the MLS's back tournament, right? So that's true. Or yeah. they, they got no they're they're in the final Portland won it yeah 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 so so they've got to be considered I would say at least one of the 18 or 20 best teams in MLS for sure you know (laughs) I think I think give them their due due credit for sure so um great that's MLS you have more more MLS thoughts you want to talk about no um I do want to get Ian's top five though Ian what are your top five for oh yeah uh, MLS Ian, this year? please choose a random <laughs> mm-hmm. obviously I go Portland Timbers always well, that's a given. uh then you then you go with their 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 heated rival uh the Seattle Sounders it's all right be, given yeah given, I mean they hate each other mm-hmm. so much they gotta right. one up each other um, hmm, hmm, hmm. Toronto used to be good. But are they still be, good? Are they? Was he are even they? listening to you at this point? That's <laughs> the question. Just... <laughs> I say they lost, but anyone can lose. Um, LA Galaxy. LA Galaxy is a good shout. Greg Vanny used to coach Toronto, now coaching LA. Chicharito looks like he's playing well. It's a good um, shout. It's a good shout. I'm glad yeah, you did got, your research. I got to uh, got to shout out my my uh, Red Bull boys, my New York Red Bulls. And I think I think you're on to some, yeah. <laughs> and I think lastly, it's gonna be Philly, just because the jerseys are fire. Yeah, if it on was that jersey power ranking, Philly is number one, right, by a mile. I, I have a couple of closing thoughts. I'm going to bounce around some different topics, mostly okay. the Super League to get back there. But and then I, have, I went well, on the before app. we get there, Stephen. I oh, have a jersey please, drive please. because I, I don't want to get this cut off before you go into the Super League. No, no, please. The LA Galaxy's jersey that we talked about on the jersey reveal—that's like the the uh-huh. green striped one. It bugs me that it doesn't continue onto the back. So the back is just a plain black panel. Does that bug you guys? Do you guys want a jersey to be continuous from the front to the back? Because that I did not enjoy. It, it bugged me. Uh, <laughs> I certainly do, unless that unless it serves a purpose. Uh-huh. But it's just black on the back. It's just me, black. I gotta it's just, find it. It's just straight black on the back. An, yeah, I, I generally show. like that to uh, to continue. I like to, yeah. I like to have a whole a whole front and back that kind of match. Oh, again, why it's like is a specific design choice? Why is that? I don't know. I just wanted to throw that gripe out there because I didn't realize that, that when we were initially going over it. That upsets me. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. good. <laughs> I will say the front looks better 
in action than it, it looked did. Good. And but the then they turned around and you realize that. But then they, they turn around. Run. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't know. That, that's weird. Yeah. Good, All right. good, good interjection. Good interjection. Yeah. So sorry about that, Stephen. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you're fine. First of all, this, this headline on The Athletic made me laugh profusely because it said it's a quote about uh, the inside story of Jose Mourinho's downfall at Tottenham. And the quote is he sucked the culture out of the club. <laughs> what culture? <laughs> I've ne- I, I can't think of a, of a soccer team with less culture than Tottenham. <laughs> and also like, also, that's what Mourinho does. And you need yeah, that. When also. Yeah. Why did you hire Jose Mourinho? <laughs> that was a fear of yours. That would be like hiring Nosferatu and saying he sucked the blood out of our bodies. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know why he did this. What was he thinking? Um, and uh, you know, the other thing I wanted to say before, before we get out of here is, um, you mentioned Justin in a text to us from a tweet that there were already rumors that two teams were getting cold feet about being founding members in the Super mm-hmm. League. Um, and you suggested we speculate wildly on who those two teams are. And I, and I yeah, say yeah. we should. I think we should do that. Uh, I'm going to say uh, uh, Atletico because I feel like they're kind of just there to begin with. You know, yeah. it's like Real Madrid and, and Barcelona needed a buddy and they couldn't acknowledge that they were each other's buddies because there are tribals. Mm-hmm. So they each wanted Atletico to come. And like Atletico was like their go between. And now he's like yeah. sick of it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, any thoughts on on who who else you would include? I think... I know we were just ragging on Tottenham, but that seems like if there's an English team that wants out, I would say like my thoughts were Tottenham and City because it was kind of rumored early that like City weren't included in the six. And there are a couple of press releases that City's name weren't included in. And then Tottenham, I say that because the Glazers and someone from the Boston sports group and St. Crocky are all on the board in some way, some shape in this new Super League. And I don't believe there's anyone right. from Tottenham on that board. So that's what kind of maybe they weren't as involved. They are just kind of along for the ride. Um, but I don't know. That would be my t- two speculations. But I think Atletico is a good, that's a good shout as well. Cause I, they just um, feel like an outsider from day yeah. one. You said Tottenham and, and what was your other name? I'm sorry. And Man City. I said Man City as well. Man City was one I felt because it just feels like <laughs> feels like they <laughs> have all the money anyway, and mm. like they just don't need the hassle of being publicly disgraced. I think of know? them as kind of a responsible organization, and that they don't do a lot of yeah. things on the outside looking in that bring about I mean, outside of their ownership in general. They don't do anything that necessarily is a wrong step. So yeah, and also they're dominating in domestic and. European yeah. competitions. So why would they? They're sort of in that Bayern situation where it's like they don't really need this the same way the other teams do. Mm. Um, yeah, I think those are. I think those are good names. Uh, Ian, do you think RB Salzburg is one of the teams that's bou- uh, bouncing out of the Dude, league, the Super League? I gotta be. I gotta be real, real with you. You've like infiltrated my brain and stole my gym. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I was really like, I'm just going to throw out one of those damn Red Bull teams because I know they're in there. <laughs> it um, would make sense too because like all of German football hates Salzburg. So like that would be their way of getting one up on the rest of the league. Would be, all right, we're joining <laughs> <right>. the Super League. <laughs> or Leipzig, oh, Leipzig. They hate Leipzig. <laughs> the other thing I meant for us to do is like to wildly speculate on some of the teams that could join as, mm, as yeah. either founding clubs or rotational ones. I think Ajax, probably a shoe win. I don't know. Maybe they're like, maybe they like being the only I feel like... worthwhile team in Air Divisa that. Or Air Divisi, however, however those. I weird. feel like they're a European heritage team, though. Like I think that might go into. Yeah, them but so are some of these other teams, aren't they? In theory, I think <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're probably right, but um, I want to say it'd Salzburg be a team like kind of make a weird sort of sense. Yeah, like, uh, as one of those bounced in, bounced out sort of clubs, for sure. Maybe like get one of those Russian teams, like uh, I don't know. Spartak. Yeah, Spartak or, well, no, they Spartak was the one that. Oh, Spartak or Gensis, so like CSKA right? would make a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. <laughs> what about Celtic and uh, Rangers? Are they uh, are they too noble to do the deed? That's a yeah question. I think if they were willing FC, to do this, they would have just joined the Premier League by now. But I don't know. That's probably true. FC Porto, perhaps. Porto, um, perhaps. Real, Real Betis, Real Sociedad. Um, just other things with Real and the name. Yeah. I'm trying to think of countries. Maybe they, maybe in this, they consider Turkey part of Europe. For I am a little surprised and... that there aren't that there isn't like another French team in it. Like I know PSG has their conflict of interest, but I'm surprised that like who would they want next? Like Lyon, I guess, or Lyon would be the, the next like Marseille. Team Marseille Europe. would be another yeah. one that has that like. What's kind that of. one with the two two witches that one of the uh, one of the US oh, MIT right. forwards plays on? Yes, and it's a fantastic crest too. Um, they're like just uh, promoted. <laughs> French and they're called the witches. Team crest with witches. Mm. Ben Benevento Calcio yeah, has that's a it. witch on it. That's Great. it. Um, I just searched Fantastic League Fest. One witches, and all that came up was witchcraft banned from Rwandan soccer matches. So. Wow, well. <laughs> so, whichever team did that, they're in the league. I don't know what the story is there, but I just wanted to let you yeah. all know. <laughs> if you'd like to see the crest we're talking about, uh, please mm-hmm. visit the bottom of the show notes. And witchcraft. Ian, if you would like to use witchcraft yeah. in a Rwandan soccer match, you can't. Oh my god, <laughs> what about Roma? Roma's a team that you know oh, i think roma is roma is like too ethical for that i think like maybe lazio i could see lazio being a team that would hop in but is is for wafa even worse than Concacaf? officials say this was rich witchcraft players cast spell on opponents oh god i love soccer <laughs> the rwanda football <laughs> federation for Wafa is taking steps to put an end to what some believe is witchcraft working its way into soccer oh, matches. Good. Good. rules have been put into place <laughs> to punish God. clubs, managers, and or players a, a, judged, a judge to engage in the practice per report. <laughs> the decision comes on the heels of an incident earlier this month in a match between Mukura Victory Sports and Rayon Sport. Rayon striker Musa Kamara 
whose team was losing one to nothing, apparently hit the Makura Victory Sports woodwork on a shot attempt. Footage showed Kamara running over to the post and appeared to place an object down, much to the opposing goalkeeper's chagrin. The whole scene was crazy. As Kamara bolted <laughs> away as his opponents lashed out at him, oh, God. he earned a yellow for the act. But the wildest part is Kamara scored an equalizer a few minutes later. Whether witchcraft was behind that or just regular old skill is up to the individual to decide. What has happened, though, is that Ferwafa won't stand for it anymore. Coaches and players can face steep fines and bans if found guilty of using witchcraft per the Rwanda New Times. If a team is found guilty, they face a three-point production and a fine of 500,000 Rwandan francs or about 600 U.S. dollars. This is fantastic. I want Ooh, a. Like, I thought I was done. I thought I was done, but one more thing. Here's Perwapa <laughs> Vice President Vadaste K. Iranga via the New Times. Quote Since there is no scientific way to prove the use of witchcraft, oh, these, me- <laughs> <laughs> these measures will base upon reports from match officials, and anything that is deemed to incite witchcraft will be put under consideration. Oh, that, that seems very black and white. That, I am. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought I was done, but I'm not. This original article was written on December something. There's an update from 1229, which clarifies that upon further review, it appears Kamara was actually trying to reverse apparent witchcraft performed by the (laughs) This extended video shows Kamara actually removed, not placed, an object near the goalpost. Furthermore, the goalkeeper also received a yellow for his participation in the shenanigans. The video shows just how chaotic the whole scene was, with substitutes apparently fans getting involved. If it didn't make sense before, why Waffle felt the need to address the whole the, address quote the whole witchcraft situation. It certainly makes it certainly sense. makes sense now. Now that goalkeepers are putting hexes on the on the post. I, I am glad we found that. I think we needed a sorbet after Super League too. Here's what discuss. I want. I want some young Mormon Real Salt Lake player to <laughs> <laughs> be like oh, hanging out by the post for a while, and then I need the commentators to address it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Just He's not got something in his hand. Little... This looks like your classic witchcraft scenario. I need the Federation to take a look at this. But, but if CONCACAF weighed in, maybe CONCACAF does not have the steely anti-witchcraft reserve that That's Rwanda true. They don't have the hard witchcraft stance that Rwanda has. That's right. <laughs> they've, they've waffled on witchcraft in the past, and it shows. So That's fantastic. We I would never that. waffle on witchcraft. Not and on I'm this. glad that we're, you know they really got forced. the goalkeeper. I'm glad that this wasn't a false sense of witchcraft, and they really got to the bottom of it. And I'm glad the goalkeeper got the justice that he should have had by placing hexes on the goal. I don't think that's right. I agree. I think uh, I'm speechless. I, I have nothing to add that that story <laughs> hasn't already said. So, <laughs> you guys have anything else, or should we close it there? <laughs> no, that, that was that was perfect. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Well, folks, until next time. Hopefully, by the time we re- rejoin each other in a couple weeks, this uh, Super League will be a distant nightmare memory of the past, or it will be fully functioning and actively yeah, on. And I hope that no one practices witchcraft on you in the future. 
No, not on you. But if you want to practice witchcraft on behalf of the good, you know, far be it from us to condemn. Just don't do it in Rwanda. We don't want that on our hands. No, we don't want legal troubles. Just, you know, <laughs> just keep it, keep it holy, you know. But until next time, folks, for all, all the witches and wizards out there, uh, have a wonderful evening and good night. Sparky too.